You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For those of you listeners who know my background a bit, you might remember the stories of my first few jobs after college. From being a mall cop to selling makeup door to door, I realized that I had skills that were being underutilized and that these minimum wage jobs couldn't support me or last forever. I spent years going through YouTube, reading books, listening to podcasts, and taking enough online courses to reinvent myself as a professional copywriter and digital marketer. Years later, thanks to my side hustles and drive, I've worked with national news outlets, multi-million dollar tech startups, nonprofits, and celebrities to build their brands and drive sales. None of this could have happened if I didn't develop in-demand skills. I had to do this alone, but you don't have to. You have Hustlers University 2.0. Hustlers University 2.0 is a community where you can learn real skills to earn money online today, starting with side hustles you can use to elevate your game. I'm not just an advocate for Hustlers University. I'm also a student. Every professor is verified to be making 10K to 500K monthly in their selected field. You get full resources, lesson plans, and an active community of thousands of other Hustlers University students working on skills such as stock analysis, cryptocurrencies, e-commerce, copywriting, which was my favorite course, one I actually went ahead and took last month. And as a copywriter of seven years... I even took a ton out of that, including some of the resources I was able to take over to my day job. You also learn freelancing, financial planning, affiliate marketing, business management, and so much more. If you're tired of depending on a boss who hates you to deliver your paycheck or have learned since the lockdowns that controlling the source of your income is vital to your individual freedom, sign up for Hustlers University 2.0 today using the link in the show notes. I'll see you there. Always great to have you on. Hello. Thank you for having me. 
having us once again. We love that you keep asking us to come back. We're like, we must be doing something right. You're doing something right. I feel like this is the only time I ever get honesty out of my guests. Um, <laughs> we're, we're recording this 14 days prior to my wedding. I was telling you both a little bit about it, catching you up as I am so excited. This airs after the fact, so I'm not too worried because you'll have already signed the government contract with me. It'll be <laughs> over. But like um, the the topic is is marriage. The topic is weddings. I I, I first want to know how much involvement when when either of you get close to that point, how much involvement do you want your fiance to have in the wedding? Megan, we'll start with you. Oh gosh, I was going to say we should start with Rachel. You looked like the most, you, like Rachel looked ready and I know her answer is going to be killer. You gave me the shit, I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Look. I feel like, I don't know, I, I've always had a relatively pessimistic view of relationships. Not always, but you know, for a while. So it's like I've been enjoying. Is it because you're like a fractured, damaged woman? Somewhat. But... So much baggage. <laughs> yeah basically so much baggage um because i don't know i honestly i feel like i haven't thought a ton about like my dream wedding like i feel like there's girls who have like the pinterest board like i know what i want my dress to look like and like that i want it to be in the catholic church because i am very catholic but other than that like that's pretty much all i've got down um because i've also i mean i am also kind of like when i am in like in an in love phase of my life I also am like, let's just elope. Like, I'll just randomly say that to, like, the guy I'm dating. So I could low-key see myself doing that. But I'm also like, no, I should probably – I will most likely have, you know, a traditional, like, half we, we originally We originally were going to elope. And there's actually – there's That's actually – like, another life I know that I eloped. You know what I mean? I, I feel the same way because I don't like I don't like drama. And I like the spontaneity of it. There's a site called – and they're not paying for me to say this – uh, it's like elopement.com or elope.com where basically you give them your budget. You select a few, you answer a few questions where they're like, do you want it to be near a beach or in the desert or something like that? And they go ahead and give you a package. And for like a month after we got engaged, we were looking at a $5,000 package at this resort in the Florida keys where it would have included our meals, our, um, our room and stay there. It would have covered her uh, her makeup and photography. We would have had a person officiate it, would have had a cake and we would have had someone take photos. It would have been for like three, four days, all under five grand. And then, and then as I'm thinking, wow, I can pay for this myself and this will be awesome. Then it was like, my family wants me to have a wedding and I don't want to get into it because God knows this will be all, the first episode that any of them ever listened to. But long story short, I'm hoping, knock on wood, the wedding that we spent a year planning works out well. I'm very excited to have it. I'm also very excited for it to be over because I look forward more to the marriage than the wedding. But with that being said, we, we did make a deal, which, which also came around the time that I moved to Wisconsin, which was, listen, if we're going to do it this way, and understand I'm in a very turbulent phase as I move here and get everything done, you're going to plan everything. And I don't want to be asked to help. And my fiance this entire time has actually kept her side of the bargain. And other than a few things where she was like, I need help with X, I need help with Y, I had really no say in the wedding. And I almost prefer it that way. And it has actually avoided a lot of arguments and everything else. It was one of those things where it's like, oh, he doesn't want to be involved. And it's like, yes, I don't want to be involved. And after that, it was just like, let's just move on and 
you make the decisions and everything will be fine. I feel like it kind of depends on like the couple's strengths, you know, like if the woman is like a, a really big like planner and stuff and has like that dream, like wedding board, then like, that's all you girl, you know? But I feel like every now and then you'll get like a very feminine male who like wants to do it all. And I mean, you know, I could care. I, I've, I haven't you know, even seen that. I think have your perspective of like, eh, you know, they probably want to say like the food or like the champagne maybe, but other than that, it's like the flowers, all that, like the girl can deal with, you know, I got to say in my suit and that was it. <laughs> what yeah, I, feel like, I feel like you have a good. What? I said, what about you? I feel like you. Have oh, a good. I was going to say I, for me, my answer would be completely dependent on the person I was marrying and specifically their family. Like, I feel like if you, like, if I, were to marry someone who let's say was like an only child and that was like their mom's only chance to plan a wedding it wouldn't necessarily like I feel like I would never really have the groom necessarily directly involved because most guys don't really care but I can see the future mother-in-law potentially wanting to be more involved or have her son's input in it just depending on like you know like some families like I personally plan on having a pretty small wedding but like if I were to marry someone who like like culturally preferred to have, you know, like Italians always have huge weddings. Um, or like my family is also Catholic. So they would probably kind of want a big wedding, but it's like, if anyone wants a big wedding, they're paying for it. Cause I'm not paying for a huge, I'm not going to pay just for, you know, to fly someone's like great aunt who I'll never see again out or for her. I, I'm know. almost, I'm almost upset that COVID is over. Because I was using it as an excuse for so many things. Oh, sorry, we can't do this. COVID. Oh, sorry, we can't meet up. COVID. I was really yeah. hoping that we could use COVID as an excuse to get the guest list down as much as possible. Luckily, like um, a third of the people that were ultimately invited did not uh, RSVP that they weren't able to come because somebody has a gymnastics tournament for their like seven-year-old daughter, to which I'm like, they'll have others. I only get married once, but you could just send cash um it was, it was so like i'm sorry i i got this from several of my guy friends who have kids it's like i'm sorry i have to go to insert answer daughter's gymnastic tournament it's like the kid's not going to remember that mm. they really don't go to the next one if you go to all of yeah. them but miss this one they won't they won't get upset it's not like you were like home drunk or something like beating your wife you went to a friend's <laughs> wedding like that's not that's not asking a lot that's asking for you to sit down take an instagram photo and have a free meal yeah i i don't know i guess though i'm always interested too in like when people pick like when they plan what time of year they want their wedding because i kind of want a fall wedding that I'm like, I don't want my wedding to interfere with like a sports game or, you know, like if, if there was a big football game on, I wouldn't want my wedding to like fall on that day. That like, seems I like the most random thing to consider. I'm not, a- I'm not, ju- actually, no, I am judging you. Are you a sports fan? Yeah, I'm a big sports fan, but I've seen, okay. I know I've seen so many videos of like, it'll be like, let's like the SEC championship or something. And like the guys there will just be on their phone watching the game the whole time. Like they'll be in the pew watching the game. And I'm like, I'm not having that at my wedding. Okay. That I <laughs> totally, I, I apologize for the judgment. I totally understand that now. That's Do a total know, real concern. It's smart planning, honestly. 
Yeah, but then it's like, because summer is, like, a summer wedding, I feel like it's the most, like, free people are all year. It's like, you're off school and a lot of people don't really have that many summer sports. But then it's like, do I want to sweat profusely at my wedding? No. <laughs> like, I don't want to be swimming in my dress by the end of the day. So, I don't know. Where we're, are you getting... Dealing- we're getting married in um in Catonsville, Maryland. Okay. In Baltimore County, we have a we have an old mansion that oh, that's we're going to cool. be doing it at. Yeah, cool. it's not like like I I am I am looking forward to it now since it's like you know everything's basically been done and I got to customize a few things. Like it's it's in a it's in a wedding. I'm sorry, it's in a it's in a mansion the ceremony, the reception, everything, because we were both like, we, we don't ever want to do anything outdoors because we've been to outdoors, wet to outdoor weddings. And those are absolutely miserable, especially when it rains. I, I attended a wedding where all the groomsmen were like super self-obsessed with like putting trash bags over their suits to go pull <laughs> out chairs from the rain and put it under this giant tent that somebody pulled out. And I ended up being the person having to go out and get most of the chairs in the rain, in the mud. And it was like, I don't want anyone to have to deal with that. We're doing it indoors. And that was about the extent of it. And she went and found the venue. And we we locked in the venue for, for a May wedding. We got the venue in between November, December. And we put the down payment in early January. So it was it was done. And it was, you know, it looks nice. Mar- Maryland was the most central place between us. It's so weird that a lot of venues and places... Um, a lot of them are still dealing with like really weird COVID restrictions. And mm-hmm. then because a lot of people postponed their weddings, you're going to see more, more weddings this year through next year than you did the past couple of years, because a lot of people are competing for a very narrow, narrow space. Hmm. Yeah. I have a couple of friends. What? I was just going to say, yeah. you said the, like, I wish COVID was still a thing. It's like, I feel like you can still kind of use it as an excuse. Cause I almost feel like the, smaller wedding like concept became more the norm during COVID. And mm-hmm. so like, I've always wondered if that trend is going to like continue, like people will just be like, well, and just cause it's cheaper. I mean, like, like some of my, gra- like, like, like my grandparents, know? like my grandparents aren't coming. And oh. uh, my, my brother, Ryan, um, Oh, there's a story about my brother. Do you know Sheldon from the big bang theory? Uh-huh. Imagine yeah. Sheldon. If he went to the gym, my brother, <laughs> My brother, Ryan, is three years younger than me. He's a, he's a computer science guy, but he's also a gym rat. So he's one of those weird combinations between like hulked out dude and nerd. So there's <laughs> that. Feel, is he single, Rachel? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, I'm interested. <laughs> you, you, you know what? I will. Uh, three years younger than you. That's like our age, I think. Basically. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. How, how are you? 23, 24? I'm 24. 24, yeah. So you're you're my brother's age. Oh, uh, Ryan, if you're listening, I'll do you a favor after this. But um, but like Ryan, my my brother Ryan was going to be one of my groomsmen, and I sent him a text about a month ago, and I'm like, Ryan, I'm sending you the link to your suit. You need to get your suit, and he's like, I'm not coming to your wedding. And I'm like, what? And he's like, wait, I see the little texting bubbles. Let me provide you some context. I'm like, what do you mean you're not coming to my wedding? When were you going to tell me this? He's like, I'm flying out to Arizona where my, where our grandmother is. And she, she is, she, she has not tech, she has not touched technology from the century. Let's put it that way. And what he's going to do is he's going to go with his laptop and his iPad. And during the actual ceremony and everything, 
uh, my mom is going to live stream it. So that way they're going to FaceTime each other. So that way she can watch it because she wants to be able to see it. So like when he told me that I'm like, Oh, Ryan, that is incredibly kind of you because she's incredibly old. She's in her uh, early eighties and she's not going to fly because of high blood pressure and COVID and all that stuff. So like, he offered to go do that, which is very sweet, but I was still really pissed. I'm like, you don't start a sentence with, I'm not going to your wedding. You little punk. But- your- sounds like good husband material. Someone, <laughs> did your family, like, do, do they tell you when they make these decisions? Cause you kind of seem. <laughs> 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 like I find out about it, like after the fact, yeah. sometimes grossly after the fact. <laughs> It's like, you know, you could have consulted me on this. You know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you each a photo of my brother. <laughs> would, you believe me if, would you believe me if I told you that my brother Ryan has a, is a blonde? Oh, Rachel, he's perfect for you. <laughs> oh, now, now I'm and Is he Christian at all? Yeah. All right, Ratch. You gotta. <laughs> He's getting I'm ready. Ryan Ryan is a uh, is an award winning TV producer. He's getting his uh, masters at George Mason. Right. Oh, now. that's right. Yeah. Okay. I sent a photo to the group text. That's just a photo I grabbed of him. I don't have many of him. He's cute. This ha- this happens live, folks. <laughs> Nothing was planned. A live reaction of. Yeah, oh, this is a, be- this is well, a better photo. You know what he kind of looks like? He kind of looks like Eminem, but just because of... <laughs> when he has his haircut like that, he looks yeah. like Eminem. When he I first saw the first person I thought of. I was like, interesting. Well, I think it's the fact that... <laughs> sorry, he's wearing like a hoodie and it's like black and white. And so to me, it just looks like he looks like Eminem. Yeah, he's got, he's got the goth thing going on. He comes out very Even white there, when he does yeah. that. He's yeah. got nice biceps. So I'll give him. Yeah, that. I was gonna say his bicep is huge. He's he's got <laughs> that that that's real. Like that's not photoshopped. <laughs> like he is he he he's a he's a creatine fiend. I take creatine too. I mix it with my greens every day. You guys you should take... swap creatine yeah. ideas. Try that. Oh, this just happened. Swap a little more. Well, yeah. when me and your brother get married, we'll have creatine at the wedding. <laughs> Perfect. His whole creatine scoops and everything, it'll he'll, he'll, he'll be fine. No, yeah. knowing, knowing Ryan, knowing Ryan, if you met my brother, what would happen is he'd just show up one day and he'd be like, hey, this is my wife. We'd be <laughs> like, what? He's like, yeah, we just eloped. It's like, you weren't going to tell us? No. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's usually how I find out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's 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 just his personality. It's like you will find out at at when when he decides you're you're able to find out. Not like hmm, maybe I should give somebody a heads up. Yeah, I could, but no. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So that's Ryan. Um, <laughs> how at, at what point? Like, like I, I, I've, I've never understood this. Well, actually may, maybe kind of, I don't know. Like do women usually like she, she always had like this idea of what she wanted the wedding to be like and what her dress wanted to be like. And I've noticed that with a lot of my female friends, guys don't have that. I wonder if that's just a difference between men and women. Like, have you, have you two always kind of like thought about 
the wedding one day, like eventually, regardless of like when it happens, because I don't think guys ever think about that. Like, that's just not like, that's a day. It's not like we're avoiding. It's not like we're not looking forward to it, but like, we don't think about like who's going to be there and where it's going to be and what we're going to wear. We just, we're just not wired that way. I feel like in general, girls are just more planners. So that's probably part of it. Well, and I would also say, I think a huge part of it is the fact that when you're like younger as a girl, that's just like the movies you watch are like, you know, the princess movies you watch, like the, they have the big weddings and whatever. And like the movies that like little boys watch don't like the wedding isn't like the theme of the movie. So Usually younger, there's an explosion at the wedding and it's at the beginning of the movie and then the wife gets killed and then they have to go on like a revenge killing spree. Well, I was in what that made me think of was, um, was it spy kids when the, like they get married and then they like jump off the cliff in their parachutes. Oh, in the first movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what that made me think of. But I think, honestly, a lot of it is just how society or whatever has perpetrated it. But I do think that, like, for women, it's just, like, put into your mind at such a young age. Or, like, you can even, like, you know, like, little, there'll be dress-up things for girls to pretend like they're getting married or have a fake ring or whatever, whereas they don't have it for guys. Even, like, I remember in middle school or high school, like, Say Yes to the Dress on, like, yes. Yes, like a pretty Oh, my gosh. Show. I love that show. And, yeah, that's what, like, first got me thinking about, like, what I want my wedding dress to look like was that. And that's probably, like, the only thing that's, like, like I feel like I wouldn't have as good of an idea of it. This would, I, would either of you be really weirded out if your potential fiancés were, like, really excited and really involved in the wedding planning process? I would be, I guess, kind of, I wouldn't expect it, but I wouldn't, I'd be like shocked, but I wouldn't be opposed to it unless they were trying to be like, whatever the male version of like a bridezilla is. Because I think I'm kind of like a groomzilla. <laughs> because I think like I'm groomzilla. kind of like a groomzilla. Mecca groomzilla. I feel like um, I'm pretty, uh, I'm a kind of a control freak. So if they were trying to like take it, especially if it was something that they know I didn't like or whatever, I'd be like, no. Yeah. I feel like Groomzilla sounds like a Hallmark movie. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> what would that look like though? Like this might be your wedding, but it's my wedding too. Coming this Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it would have to be Christmas, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know about that. I feel like, I don't know. I think it, I, it would be nice if they were kind of involved, but like, again, yeah, it's not the expectation, but I, I would want them to be like too involved. Like if, if anything, yes. like I'd want them to be as involved as I am at most, but not I'd like want their, I'd want their opinion, but not their like, I guess, control. Like I'd want yeah, them like to like, oh, collaborate. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like, yes. Cause I mean, that's what marriage is, is collaboration. You yeah, know? It's like good practice, you know, it's like preschool. I, I I did not want to make any decisions when it came to the wedding. Like, Which I, I, yeah, I think that's pretty standard. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to the point where I think I think with guys, we're more worried about like what delivers an outcome, and women are like, well, how do we get to the outcome? Because I, I'm more concerned, like you know, like my biggest thing, my, my big role in it has been like preparing our finances. That has been a lot. Uh, getting everything set up with my job and everything else. That's been a lot. Getting ready for health insurance, life insurance, all that type of stuff. That has been a majority of what I've done. Uh, 
And it's like, well, while I focus on this, she's focusing on deciding what plates people are going to eat off of. And I'm like, that doesn't, regardless of what the plate design looks like, it doesn't, it doesn't impact any of the things that will take place the day after that actually impact their lives. And um, like, I, I, it, it's not a criticism. I just think that when it comes to that, it's like, it, it's a set of different priorities based off of what we're more excited for. I'm not saying I'm not excited for the wedding. I'm more excited for what the wedding produces, which is a marriage. Whereas she, it's not that she doesn't prioritize that. It's just that she's re- she really wants the wedding to be good, which I have had to step back and understand, like, even though we are focusing more on one thing versus the other, it does not take away value from the other. And that's the thing that we've kind of had to figure out. I like that. I feel like that's a good balance. We, we've mm-hmm. been together for seven years at this point, and it, it wasn't really anything that we really ever talked about. I don't think there's ever – there were – even in my past relationships, like we never really got close to that point. But mm-hmm. it's like once we actually got engaged, it became real. It's funny because I feel like in my past relationships, we'll like either talk or joke about like having kids together, but like never talk about the wedding. And I'm like, I feel like. I feel like I have talked about the wedding, you know, I've talked about a wedding with my exes before and not even because I thought I would marry them, but just kind of from like a hypothetical. Yeah. Almost again, like kind of like a planning thing where it's like, oh, in the scenario, you know, do I have to invite all of your cousins or whatever? Cause also I feel like I have dated people with bigger families than me. So then I always think about that mm. about like the wedding, but yeah, I will say, so I remember in college, my, some of my friends would, they knew like what their, the cut of their engagement ring and like what they wanted. And I never knew that. And then the other day, I think I'd seen a movie or something and I was like, you know what? I need to figure this out for myself. <laughs> so I was like, literally, it was like, I don't know, like it was some like night, I don't know, it was like a Sunday night and I'm like scrolling through my phone, like looking at the different cuts and I've decided I know what engagement ring I want. So I'll just put it out there in case, you know, anyone is listening. <laughs> I want a circle, a two carat, like circle cut with a really basic band and I want it to be out. Um, a gold band. You just described the the wedding. I'm sorry. You just described the engagement ring that I got for her. Oh, that's like so down cute. to the T. She wanted something really? more. She wanted something more vintage. Like she wanted that halo aesthetic. the The difference yeah. is hers has hers has some diamonds in the band in the gold band, but it's because she also planned out what wedding band she wanted with it. Would you yeah, want? Really would you want to tell your fiance what? what engagement ring you want or would you rather have them go surprise you? I would definitely, I'm pretty particular with stuff. If I'm, especially if I'm going to, if they're going to be spending that much money on a ring, I want them to know that like, it's something I want versus like them being like, Oh, let me drop this money on a ring that she might not really like. She might say no. <laughs> I think it's also like, it's something you're going to wear the rest of your life. Ideally, you know, so yeah. like, <laughs> Have, have either of you have either of you ever seen on like Facebook Marketplace? I got this a lot at univer- at Liberty University. <laughs> at, at Liberty, this was like a chronic thing. But you would have uh, these women go into like the Facebook Marketplace in your area, and it would be like brand new engagement ring, slightly used. And it's like, wait a freaking second! And then it's like, oh wait, the engagement is off. And then I'm thinking. 
she's walking away with the money. Dang. Yeah, because that's that you could great. sell that for thousands and thousands of dollars. But then they're not out of pocket. They just they just walked out with the profit. Yeah. It's like they should yeah, give it back really. to the guy who bought it for them. No, I would give it back to the guy. Yeah. Unless it was like something like then like screw that. But like for the most part, especially if she was the one who ended it, you should give that back. Yeah. I've never thought about that. Though I bet you you could get good if you went to places like Liberty, BYU, Baylor, I bet you you can find great deals on engagement rings. But would you want, would you ever want to wear somebody else's engagement ring? Like, for example, like I, I know people, it's like their grandmothers would give them their engagement. Yeah. That's different. That's a family thing. If you, if you, okay, if, if Megan gets engaged and then the engagement is broken off, and then she's like, here you go. You can have my engagement ring for this price. Would you want somebody else's bad luck engagement ring? I mean, I realistically wouldn't. But I would say if it was a really good price on a really nice ring. Yeah, honestly, because it's like, I feel like ideally, no. Like, that would be kind of bad luck. But it's also like, I don't know, from a practical standpoint, like, it is just an object at the end of the day. It's not like it holds. Yeah, up. I don't believe in, like, luck being attached to things like that. So yeah. oh, I am, I am far maybe, more superstitious. Like, maybe if it's, like, a poorer couple or something that can't afford a really nice ring. You know That's what I mean? Ne- so that is, ne- that is never the case. That is never the case. <laughs> they would sell their dogs before they sell their engagement ring. Wait, that actually is, like, a... I like that idea, Megan, of, like, if you... Because I have, like, I know people have like calling off engagements and whatnot. And it's like, if you've already bought stuff that you're not going to use and you like for whatever reason can't return or whatever, I think that'd be such a cool thing to like donate it to people who like actually want to get married, but just can't afford to have like a really nice wedding. Right. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's almost like give your pain a purpose, you know? Yeah. I honestly want, that, when that I get, makes, that makes sense though. But the ring though, just seems like a completely different thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of odd. I mean, I would honestly, I wouldn't want, like, let's say that did happen, Megan, I wouldn't want her ring. But if it was yeah. like a random person on Facebook Marketplace who I had, like, I don't know them, I don't know their life story, then I don't care because it really is just an object versus if it was like, every time I look at my ring, I'm reminded about how Megan <laughs> called off her engagement. I don't want that. But if it's like, oh, some person in Arkansas shipped me this ring, I'm not going to look at it and be like, oh, I wonder how they're doing, you know? <laughs> this whole topic actually reminds me of my mom's wedding dress that she, like, still has. Now, my parents are divorced, so it's like, you know, there's some times where she'll be like, oh, like, do you want my old wedding dress? And I'm like, eh, I feel like that's kind of bad luck, you know? Wedding dress <laughs> like, and engagement ring. <laughs> I don't know, though. I mean, it is one of those things. I feel like maybe she should just donate it or something. I mean, it's a beautiful dress, but it's, you know, 80s style. Oh, I'm not wearing my mom's dress has the big poofy sleeves. And I'm like, right. Yeah. It's nah. like, it's funny because I actually, um, we're getting ready to like move out of our like childhood home type thing. Well, I mean, I've moved out, but sell my old home. And so I was there earlier today. My mom had these old dresses from like the 80s and 90s in the closet. And it was funny because they were size eight. And I was like, I'm not a size eight, like this won't fit. But I swear they must have, I don't know if people were like, like, I don't know if people were skinnier in like the eighties or something, but like the size eight, like fit me like a size one. Oh, their, their sizing was different. It was, yeah, it was really interesting. Cause like, I actually fit into like a couple of them 
Um, but it was once she wore her to her bridal shower and it was like really pretty, like flowers. It did have the big puffy sleeves, but it was kind of fun, honestly. And like, Aren't it was like the eighties coming back. Like there's some nineties yeah. fashion that's coming. Back. I, it's, I'm like, it's just a matter of time, you know? But I mean, it was such nice quality. I took it back. I was like, can I wear this? Like, she's like, yeah, put some good use out of it. It's like from her bridal shower, but, or she, I don't think that was like what it was for specifically, but she wore it at her bridal shower. And I was like, I'm gonna wear this to church. Like, let's go. It's actually modest, you know, like that's so hard to find in today's society. Like have either of you heard of that process for engagement rings where you can take somebody's ashes and compress it into a diamond? I feel like I think I'd want that. But that kind of makes me uncomfortable. Well, how do you know that if you buy some engagement ring off of Etsy or Facebook Marketplace, (laughs) that's not somebody's ashes? I will say though, I risk I whatever ring I buy, I want it to be a conflict-free ring because a lot of rings. You're putting those poor kids out of work. (laughs) But like, I want. I don't know. Like, I I've actually thought about this a lot. Like, I don't know. I would want to buy a ring that is as ethically sourced as possible, or buy a diamond that was already like used for something else. Do you know what uh, lab-grown diamonds are like? Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want that. I did not know. So here's the thing. Like I, when I was getting her ring, here, here's how I got her engagement ring. When I knew I wanted to marry her, I actually just took her to the jewelry store and we got her sized up. She already knew why we were there. So that was the moment where it's like, really, it's like, if we're going to go on to the next part, yeah. like you might as well tell me now. So at that point, it was like, she would say yes. Then, you know, like I, I gave her kind of a budget. I'm like, Hey, if we were getting an engagement ring, this is how much I'd be willing to spend. And she actually designed the, the ring that she wanted within the budget I gave her. It was actually under budget. So I was like, you can go higher a little bit. And, and then when I bought it, I bought it in cash and it wasn't like, it, it, it was, it was an easy process. I, I feel like a lot of guys think they have to go ahead and surprise their you know, they're, they're significant others in that situation. But it's like, when you're about to do that, and I was in college when I bought the ring. So I bought that ring during the Obama administration. It wouldn't show up until like a phase one of Biden. That's how much time had passed. <laughs> That's and, um, crazy. Oh my gosh. I had, I had some health stuff going on. I had some army stuff going on, job stuff. Like it was, I, it was, it was a lot, it was a lot like that movie five-year engagement. It's like each time I think we're ready to get married, it's like slam, not today. <laughs> COVID. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just so it was so weird. The joke was, and after like year five, people were like, when are you guys getting married? When are you guys getting married? When are you guys getting married? I took her to a uh, to a Greek restaurant in Culpeper, Virginia, called It's About Time. So the joke was was that when we showed up and got engaged, it was about time. That's funny. And here's what's funny. Did you feel like when you got to that restaurant that it was like coming or like. So I lost the ring that morning. <gasps> so no. I, I lost it because I, I was, uh, I was about, I was going to move to Wisconsin about a week and a half after that. So I planned out this whole day. I'm like, Hey, let's go have some fun in the, you know, outside of Nova for a little bit. And uh, let's go to a nice dinner that night. So I was, I had, the ring in the sock drawer, but she was staying over at my parents' house with us. And I was afraid for some paranoid reason, what if she goes through my sock drawer? Completely <laughs> irrational. 
I hid it in the old camera bag for the show <laughs> that my brother and I were doing. And that morning I was like, I'm going to go to pick up the ring. And I look at my sock drawer, not remembering I had moved it again. And then I go ahead and destroy the entire house while she's in the shower. So I'm going around like throwing things everywhere, blankets, books. I'm like, I lost that fucking ring. And eventually it was my brother, Ryan, who went to the one thing I hadn't destroyed yet. And he pulled out the box and he's looking at me like I'm a moron. He's like, here, how do you lose this? I'm like, oh, judgment, judgment. So that whole day, like she knew when she got out of the shower, it's like, I was ready, but now I'm like sweating and stuff like that. And according to her later, she's like, that's when she kind of got suspicious. But mm-hmm. when, what, what really tipped it off was I had made reservations for that restaurant. You had to make reservations week in, weeks in advance. I, I had made reservations for that restaurant. So when we finally got there around that time, we walked in. I don't know how the guy knew who I was. So uh, a, a little bit of context. I was kind of known around the Culpeper area because I filmed a documentary there mm-hmm. and I did a lot of stuff and I, and I was actually in, in the local paper when we did our TV show together. So people in town kind of know who I am, but when I showed up at that time and I said, hi, and before I even said my name, the, the host was like, Mr. Martinez. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, we have your table ready. And she looked at me. She's like, did you, did you make reservations? I'm like, no. She's like, why do you call you Mr. Martinez? I'm like, I didn't hear that. Oh so, my God. The first so, line. The first line. <laughs> so when when I eventually did propose to her, like she she kind of saw it coming, but it still meant a lot to her. So the first song we're gonna dance to together is gonna be We Have All the Time in the World by Louis Armstrong. Hmm, that's that's cute. so cute. Uh, I love go that. Full circle. Wait, I actually really like that. That was I. I don't know. I definitely want to be surprised when I get proposed to. Do you like, want to have like any su- inkling, or do you want just complete surprise? I don't want to know, but I do want to be prepared. Like I don't want my nails to be busted up, or I don't want to be. So actually, um, <laughs> I want to be like pretty, like in a nice outfit, you know, like. Yeah. So one of my um, we were talking about this at my Bible study about like getting um like not knowing that you're getting proposed to. And one of my friends said that she, I guess, was on a trip with like her family and her boyfriend at the time. And her mom and her were going on a morning walk. And so she's just wearing like running shorts and a t-shirt. And she's like, yeah, I didn't want to wear a bra. Like there's no need. And her mom's like, you should really wear one. Like we're about to go out in public. And she's like, no, we're just going for a quick morning walk. And then her, you know, boyfriend proposes. And so she's not wearing a bra in the, just wearing a t-shirt and shorts. And it's like, no, that, that that's not allowed for me. It is not allowed. That's so funny. But at the same time, it is kind of her fault. Her mom told her like, Hey, you should probably look a little more presentable. We're about to go out in public, but. I had a similar experience in high school. Like my friends are throwing a surprise party for, I think my 18th birthday or 17th birthday. I think it was 18 and I like had been taking a nap before and like didn't want to like dress up or like really get ready at all. My friend was like, oh, you really should, you know, and it was just funny. The whole. Yeah, that's like, it's like I, but I don't want to be like some people know exactly. Like, they'll be like, oh, we're, especially I feel like when people engage and do proposals on like trips that you always know, like if you're going like on a specific trip or whatever, then you're like, oh, I'm going to get proposed. Like, I don't really want to know. 
I, I got really lucky because because of the timing of everything. I made it appear more like a, this is my last trip to my favorite places in Virginia. Yeah, like, that worked out well. Yeah. And because I said we're going to go to this restaurant that we both have wanted to go to for a while, which is a place where a lot of proposals happen. You know, yeah. like she was our, she was she was already really dressed up for that day. Mm-hmm. So like I got I got really lucky with that. It rained afterwards, but like when we walked out of the restaurant, it just finished raining. And it had like that nice like that after glow. rain smell and everything and that glow. And it was like, oh, this looks this looks really romantic. Yeah. Yeah. Cute. It was that was that was the best part. Then the mm-hmm. wedding planning was like, welcome to hell. And it was like, oh, okay. Hi. This is Did y'all start immediately or did you like take some time? We took like a week. And then right around the time that I moved here was when we had been talking about eloping. And then probably like the second month, I'm already starting to like book things. And she's like, well, are we going to have a guest list? And I'm like, no. And she's like, oh. And then it was like, well, who, who are we inviting? I'm like, nobody. And then it was, hey, how do you like this venue in Maryland? And I'm like, Maryland's not Florida. <laughs> and then it quickly got to the point where she's like, Remzo, we're having a wedding. And I'm like, okay. You're like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my thing was like timing, money. Uh, this is still when people, when like governments are like saying, oh, we might shut down again because of COVID. And it's like, yeah. do you want to have that type of commitment? We just don't know what tomorrow really brings. Mm-hmm. So yes. it, I wasn't necessarily doing it out of a completely selfish nature, wanting to just have a wedding to yourself and not invite your family, I will say is inherently selfish. I admit to it, but it wasn't entirely because of that. It's because they just shut down everything for a year. Yeah. And it's like, we don't want to commit to this and then end up like friends of ours who, uh, had giant ceremonies planned and then they just went and eloped. They would elope at a Canyon. They will elope in the forest or something like that. They would have these really nice things. And I, I thought that's what she wanted, but she was like, no, we're, we're going to do it this way. And some of it was family obligation and other stuff, but ultimately came down to listen, we can have this discussion over and over again, or we can make a deal. You can plan everything and you can leave me out of it. Unless you're telling me you explicitly need help on something. And she was like, yeah. And she kept her, she kept her promise. And we had no more arguments out of it. Like there were like little things or it was more like disagreements or figuring out how to do something. Uh, the guest list was one of them, but really after that, it, it was really easy. And she, she did everything. And she did this while her mom uh, got diagnosed with cancer. Oh, and then she's cool. dealing with that. Yeah. She two months ago. So early March, she was diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer. That's what my mom had and she's still alive. So there's hope that that's amazing. I mean, it has, it came overnight. Like, yeah, that's it, how mine was, was. it was, it was crazy. And you know, my mom stepped up and helped out with a lot. Um, and her aunts did like, you know, it was a moment where it's like her mom needs to focus on recovery and everything, yeah. especially when she had the hysterectomy. And mm-hmm. like, you know, she's, she's planning the wedding. She's still doing work for her father who she works for. And now she's a caregiver to a parent. Like that's a lot of stuff just piled right. on her. So at yeah. that point, then I was like, tell me what you want me to do. If you need help. Yeah, you're like, I want to. Yeah. 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 It, was, it was an easy thing. Yeah. But yeah. When, when how long into a relationship would either of you, go before you're like, do I actually want to marry this person? This is actually like one of the main topics. It's understanding marriage material and men. I, I've got, I've got a lot of younger listeners who are in their early twenties 
who are now getting to this point in their life. And I, I had a very abnormal relationship, abnormal only because we were together so long, not living together. A lot of people live together before they're married now, which mm-hmm. I, I think has its own set of problems. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, it was also like a year and a half long engagement and everything else. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I look around and I don't think that I'm the type of person to provide a lot of insight on that. But I also think a lot of male listeners, they don't understand what women are thinking. I think, I think the one thing I figured out around the time that I, I proposed was like, I will never understand what she's thinking. I think that was one of the issues with my prior relationships too. It's like, I think I know what they're thinking, but the real piece came when it's like, I just don't know what they think. Men and women are not always communicate. Yeah. Well, because the thing is like, I feel like women too will assume, Oh, the guy knows what I'm thinking. And the guy might think they know what they're thinking, but it's like, no, unless it is blatantly said, no one knows what you're thinking. Like we Mm -hmm. don't have telepathy y'all. Yeah. But for me, I think I would know if I wanted to marry someone within like the first, I don't know, I'm going to say six months. And then I would like to be, I mean, I guess it depends in terms of like the stage of life you're at or whatever. But I think I'd like to be engaged between like, I don't know, maybe like at like one a year and a half, two years. I think I but, yeah. but I or think you I would also though I feel like at that point it's like I'd have to go into the relationship with like an understanding of at both ends that we would ultimately want it to lead to marriage. Because mm. otherwise I feel like a year and a half is kind of rushing it if you're just kind of dating more casually. But now that, I don't know, I feel like the older you get, you have to be more intentional with those things where it's like, there are certain people I wouldn't date now that I would have dated at 19. Mm -hmm. Is it like separating them between like, you know, dating, having fun scenario versus I could actually marry this person type scenario? Yeah. Or, yeah. Or just like, I feel like when you're younger too, you might be with someone and this is something we just call myself out where, you know, it's not going to work out long run, but you're like we can just date and maybe it will work out. Whereas now I'm like, if I, if there's something where it's like, you know, like values or something more important like that. And I know we're not aligned, then I'm not even going to date you. Like, I don't care if you're like, we get along really well or whatever. Like I'm not just going to date you for like, well, it could maybe some, like maybe someday you'll believe this. And it's like, no, like I don't have time to do the hypotheticals. Yeah. I feel like I'm almost at a point where it's like, because I feel like Rachel and I have both had this problem of like dating sort of the potential and not like the actual person. Yeah. And I think we've both gotten a lot more, you know, intentional about our dating lives as we've gotten older. But I don't know. I feel like there's part of me that like in the last couple of years has still like gone on dates with people that had like a lot of potential or gone in relationships like with that kind of thing. But it's like, because obviously, you know, you're not going to know most likely on like a first or second date if the person's like the one for you. But like someone that, could be the one and not in the sense of like potential, but in the sense of like, I feel like I want to date someone that is like husband and like father material for the most part. You know what I mean? Like you go in when I I think with men, we're a bit less discriminant, especially since I mean, younger men, it's like, we we will get into like absolutely toxic relationships. We're pretty (laughs) fake, but like with women, huh? Well, girls do too. Rachel and I have been there, but. I know far too many of my guy friends who married strippers. So, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, you so win. Like, <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think it really just depends on what you value or like if you even hold values because there are some people i know who they really don't have any like strong belief system in anything or like any strong values so it's like if they're dating someone who's just really nice to them like that's good or even not nice but they like i don't know there's something that they enjoy about this other person that's all it takes Mm -hmm. you know like if you don't really have like feel like like a strong, like strong roots in anything. It's like, you can date anyone's surface level and make it work. Like I've thought about this before where I'm like, there are some of my guy friends that I could marry and I could make it work and I could even have a quote unquote good marriage with them. But it's not something that I would like want in terms of like my personal goals of like how I want to develop as a person. Do you feel that other women are more, especially when they're like out of college, they start working and everything. Do you feel that at that phase in your lives, you're, you're dating more with the intention of marrying or are you still dating to kind of just figure it out? I feel like for both of us, we've gotten more intentional about dating than when we were in college. Cause I also think too, like, I don't know, being like when I, I mean, I've only been out of school for like a couple of years now, but I feel like compared to when I was in school, I just feel like in general, and I guess it's just kind of how like your psychological. It's like, it's like part of growing up. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I think, like my self-esteem I think is a lot higher than it was two years ago. Like I think I have a lot more respect and like love for myself than I have in the past. So it's like, I think just naturally because of that, like, and that's just a part of growing up and like maturing, but it's like your standards get higher. And it's like, and I also feel like too, like, I mean, working full-time, like you just, you don't really have a lot of time to waste. I feel like not like you're both young, like we have plenty of time to get married still and what, and like have kids and all of that. But it's like, you just don't have as much free time as you used to. And it's like, I don't want to spend my free time with someone that, you know, is kind of like, doesn't really want to be with me or like, isn't really giving me like their best foot forward, especially if I'm willing to put my best foot forward, then it's like, no, like, I don't want to waste my time with someone that doesn't really care and have like the same, or even if someone who does care, but like, you know, it wouldn't work out long-term, you know, like, cause like Rachel said, like, there are people that you get along with and like, you can have tons of fun with, but if like, I guess I feel like I've like been on dates with guys like that, where it's like, oh, like this person's so fun, but like long-term, like we would hate each other. Like, you know what I mean? Like we have totally different. What, like, what, what are, like, what are some of those red flags? It's like, you like the person, but you don't think that this has like long-term potential. I think, I mean, I don't want to speak for both of us, but I feel like it is kind of both of us, but like the Christianity things, but like, I definitely want someone who's like pursuing God, but also I think ideally someone who is like Catholic, because I've gotten very into like my faith in the last couple of years. And I want someone to share that. And it's also from a woman's perspective, like they say, um, I talk about this all with one of my other friends, but your, um, like in a family scenario, you know, like if you're, you know, you have a few kids and like you're going to church every Sunday or whatever, like basically most studies show that like the kids will follow the faith life of like the dad. So like if the dad is like very faithful and like goes to church and everything, like the kids are more likely to like grow up with like a stronger relationship with God as opposed to it's like, Oh, the God, the dad just sits home and like, you know, watches football on Sunday and doesn't go to church or anything. You watch football on Sunday, but like after church, you know, (laughs) like, um, like the, even if the mom is super, super faithful, if the dad isn't, the kids are like whatever statistic amount less likely to like. It's because they're following that more. 
It's because they're following that more like dominant figure. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, it's not just me anymore. It's like, it's my future kids. It's like how they're going to grow up. You know, like, and I think that's made me. And I think because I don't really have the best relationship with like my dad either. And that's been like a really hard thing for me growing up. It's like, I really want like my daughter or son to have like a really good father. And so I think that's made me become a lot more intentional with UAD as well. Also, I think what you were kind of saying about the dominant um, figure, I think, or I believe personally, um, and this is just kind of, I mean, I think a lot of people believe this, but this is especially true in like Judeo-Christian religions and cultures is that the man should lead and the man should lead, you know, like you in like your spiritual walk and um, the values and like finances and stuff. So when I, I think I'm a very, like I said earlier, I'm a very like control or like I know how I like things and want it to be a certain way. So now I feel like when I think of like dating someone, it's like I want to date someone who I would actually want to follow. Like if they are to lead me, like if they're going the opposite direction, I am like, I'm not, I don't want, you know, myself to follow them or like my future kids to follow a direction that I wouldn't myself take, you know? So that's something I think I've thought about too a lot is the fact that like, like I would want to be like, I would want to aspire almost to be like the person I'm dating and eventually marry. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if I did, if I was like, Oh, I think not that I'm like better, but if I were to think like, Oh, I'm harder working person I'm dating. I feel like that's kind of a red flag. Yeah. I mean, it also has to go into like, what areas are you deficient in? that your partner kind of fills. Yeah. And it's not necessarily so much of an opposites thing, but it's like, you know, we, we, we went through premarital counseling and we had a lot of stuff kind of solved before that. Like who's going to make a majority of the financial decisions. Everyone always wants to say we both will, but the truth is that's just not the case. It's not the case of that. And a lot of things like we even came down to like, who's going to do certain house chores. She's like, I never want to do the dishes. I'm like, fine, do the laundry. I'll do the dishes. Like little things like that, and then it gets in like bigger things. It's like who's gonna be the primary breadwinner if we decide to move? Like how's that gonna impact us? Who whose career are we doing that based off of? Um, you know, I feel like a lot of a, a lot of young couples, and by young I mean like they were they were like not even like twenty. And Liberty University, I, I always use as like the worst example of that. The these college freshmen go ahead and get married, and then they're not only responsible for like another human being, but then the massive student debt. And they went from holding hands to now handling a mortgage together. And it's like you didn't you didn't anticipate these things. You don't know each other enough to to make those decisions. At what point do you do you think you'd feel comfortable with a person to think like this person is actually somebody who I hope proposes to me? Like, have I have any of you been in that situation where it's not just like, yeah, I'm assuming, but it's like you love the person you're with, but then it's also like I love them, but are they capable? Because I feel like that's the big thing. Because a lot of people, it's like they fall in love. And then they use that to excuse a lot of other things. Like, yeah. is this person really capable? Is this person like a functioning adult? I know too many people, sadly, who got divorced or their marriages are just horrible because like, I love this person, but I hate them. And it's like, yeah. well, that's kind of freaking weird. Toxic, but yeah, we've been there. <laughs> um, for me, I think it would go back to faith for sure. And also I think their family um and not necessarily their family but like I guess like how they interact with their family if it's like 
like I, or even just how they interact with other people as well. Like I would, even if like, let's say you like someone a lot or you even love them, but like they, you know, have drama with every single person or like there's so much drama with their family. Like, I don't want to like marry into that. Mm-hmm. So I think there are a lot of cases where it's like, what is it called? It's like, I was like Bonnie and Clyde, like us against the world. Like we don't have to be, like friends with anyone or whatever and like people kind of go down that it's like I don't want to do that like I want to be in a good community and even the same like with their friends like I think like being around them in their like natural I guess environments is really important and that's how you can kind of tell like okay so something that I would want like my life to look like but it's like if you go out with their friends and you're like oh your friends are like terrible people like do I really want it get involved in this. What about in-laws? If you really wanted to marry somebody, but their family was just fucking crazy, would, would that be a deal breaker? It depends. It depends how, because there are some families that I mean are like actually crazy, like are going to try to sue you or whatever, or, you know, try to take your money and stuff like that. And if it was something like that, then I would say no. Maybe. Unless it was like a, we can get married, but you have to like cut off all ties or whatever, because, <laughs> because I do obviously believe in grace and trying to do whatever, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I wouldn't want to start my marriage off, like already like fighting with their family. Mm-hmm. Cause then I, cause it's also like at that point, if you're like, let's say not really homies with their family, then their family is just like rooting for you guys to fail, but they're never going to actually like help you out. Like, let's say you need it like later in life when you have kids, you need someone to like watch them for the weekend. If you and your like mother-in-law hate each other, your mother-in-law is not going to watch your kid or she will. And she'll be like, Oh, your mom's like blah, blah, blah. And terrible. And don't listen to your mom. So it's like, you want to have that relationship with their family. That's like healthy. Cause I think if you had an unhealthy relationship with their family, you're going to have an unhealthy relationship between the two of you. Yeah. I think a big factor in that is definitely like just boundaries and like being on the same page with those boundaries, I think, because I, yeah, as I like said, my parents were divorced. I don't really come from like, you know, your basic, you know, conservative family style, I guess, in that regard. And so for a while I was like, well, I really want to marry into like a good family and whatnot, which I think ideally, like I do, like, you know, it'd be nice if my husband's like parents were still together and like, you know, had that. But at the same time, because it's not something that I'm able to bring to the table, I feel like it's unfair for me to expect that. And I have like, you know, the last guy I dated, like his parents were divorced. And in a way, it was kind of nice because we had that in common, like we could understand each other in that regard. So, you know, that's one of those things I'm just kind of like leaving to God as far as like marrying into a good family or not. But either way, I think it's just important to have like healthy boundaries with like, because even if, you know, maybe they do come from a great family, like does you know, does that mean they're going to help raise the grandkids or like, what's that going to look like? Like, are we going to visit them for like, which holidays? I feel like having those conversations probably early on in like the engagement process, at least, or like, you know, like the latest or like when you're getting ready to get engaged, kind of having those conversations, I think is important. And like, I guess just being like open and transparent about all of those things. If that makes sense. That makes total sense. And I, I mean, you, you both bring up a lot of, a lot of points that's like, I, I understand that. And I know that now, 
And it's more like, I wish I had known this a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, even. I guess we're doing something right. You know? Something right. I mean, it, it, it's really weird because nobody coaches you through this stuff. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody really does that. And it's never until you get to the end of the journey in one chapter of your life where you're like, oh, like, you know, those things I didn't think were that important are actually pretty important. And those things I really should have considered, I, I wish I had given them more attention. It, it, it's a complicated thing. As I, as I get married, like, I think there's a part of me, and I find this with a lot of different parts of my life where I almost feel like I'm the adult in the room. I still feel like a like a teenager or something Mm -hmm. like I I almost feels like an adult imposter syndrome. Like people will give me like a lot of responsibility or I'll have to handle something that like I would remember my father handling. And I'm like, okay, when is the adult going to come in the room and help me? Because Mm -hmm. I feel like I I, I almost feel like I'm, I'm doing something wrong or I'm going to mess up or I'm not the real person who's supposed to be doing this. Like it, it was very real when I proposed to her. But now it's like being within two weeks. It's like, oh my gosh, like I'm actually getting married. And I mean, we had the children discussion. Like we both have, we both want to have children one day. And, you know, I feel like some people are like, oh, you should have it within your first year. You should have, you should grow a big family as fast as possible. It's like, you know, like I I think when I get to that point, I think then I will be like, okay, like I'm kind of ready for this. It's one of those things where it's like, you don't feel that you're prepared for something until you get there. And Mm -hmm. for me right now, it's like, you know, while I've known I've been getting ready, ready, the ready, ready. <laughs> while I know I've been getting ready for the wedding, bam, I did it. Um, <laughs> it's like now, it's like as I actually am witnessing this, it's um, it's like oh, like it's not something that's going to happen in abstract in the future. It's happening in two weeks, and it, you know I'm nervous because it's like wow, this is real. Mm-hmm. I'm excited because it's like wow, I've really wanted this. And it's also scary because it's like, oh, now the repercussions for a lot of the decisions, it's not just me anymore. I'm, I'm responsible for another person and another mm-hmm. person's responsible for me. And, you know, it's like, I don't think sometimes I wonder, sometimes I wonder if my parents ever felt the, the same way. But then it's like, I'm wondering about that. And it's like, you know, I have a feeling that everybody kind of gets to that point with many things. Yeah, I think that's good though to like approach it from like a serious standpoint of and like a logical standpoint versus just like, oh, we're gonna get married and it's gonna be so much fun or mm-hmm. whatever to um like think of like what does it actually mean? Cause I feel like a lot of people do kind of like feel the pressure to get married and like kind of rush into things, but it's like like you have to kind of know, I guess, or not you don't have to know, but it's like you should kind of be like cognizant of like what you're actually signing up for. So, yeah, I think a lot of people and like, I mean, the divorce rates literally like, it's like a coin flip, you know, it's like 50, 50, I think are close to that. And I think it's because a lot of people just don't take marriage that seriously. It's like, Oh, you know, we date, we live together. We're fine. Everything's like hunky dory. And it's like, okay, that's not like the same as marriage. Like, yeah. I also think though, I will say at least my opinions on the divorce rate are very like, like, I do think divorce is a growing issue in this country, but I also think that for the longest time, like, people just had to stay married. Like, they didn't, you know, like, as a woman, your That's husband could literally beat you to a pulp every night in, like, you know, the 1900s, but you couldn't really, like, let's say you didn't have a job or you didn't have a degree to go get a job. Like, when, like, marriage for a while was really just, like, economic stability for a woman. 
yeah. and child rearing. So I think now that, and they actually say that there is a correlation between women's salaries going up and the divorce rate. Um, yeah. That as women are more independent, you're going to, but anyway. Do you, do you think that's why some women are also putting off marriage until they're older? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I think for the longest time, I was like, women didn't really feel like they had, like had the potential of having a career. So it's kind of like, oh, well, I have to get married and have kids right away. Like, because that kind of was their career was having kids and, and like that was kind of success for a woman. And now that has changed. Um, like women can have obviously very good careers and whatever. Um, and there are plenty of women who now don't want to get, don't want to have kids um, because they like what they're doing. Like I know a couple of people who are married and they don't want kids. They have, don't see it in their future. I mean, obviously like, then they always say that, that it usually changes for a woman eventually, like mm. only you just start wanting kids, but some people I just think don't, I don't know. I think it just, there's like, it's hard to look at one statistic and try to make judgments based off it when it's dependent on so many other. Yeah. Things. Our culture has changed so much. in like yeah. years, like you were saying. I had somebody tell me, they, they were like, how old are you? And I was like, I'm 27. And they were like, you're getting married at 27. And I thought they were going to say, oh, you're, you're old. You're too like, oh, you, you didn't get married young. You're doing something yeah. wrong. Because for, for a lot of where I've grown up, it's like you get married young. Like my parents were in their early twenties when they got married. I thought I was going to get, oh, you're, 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 uh, you're so old. And instead it was like, oh, you're, you're so young. And I'm like, actually, no, no, no. Let me reverse that. I thought, I thought they were going to tell me, oh, um, you know, I'm, I'm too young to be getting married and said, they were like, Oh, you're so, you're so much older though. Like, are you sure you want to get married? I'm like, I'm so much older. It's like, are you saying that if I missed a certain point in my life, I shouldn't get married. Like I know people in their forties and fifties who are getting remarried or married for the first time. It's like, it's like, it's so weird. It's, it's like when I've been to some other countries, it's like, you find very young couples. And I even see this throughout the United States. I don't see like back home, back in Northern Virginia, I don't see a lot of young married couples in their twenties. I'm not saying they don't exist. Move to Alabama. You'll see a Alabama, lot of Alabama. <laughs> they're everywhere. Alabama, they get married by homecoming. Yeah, true. I, well, I tell people um, when they ask me how old I am, I say I'm an East coast 24, which means <laughs> I'm, I'm like, it's different. It's different. It's like, I'm basically in my mid thirties. Yeah. Um, fun fact is 29 is statistically the best age to get married in terms of it has the lowest divorce rate. I was going to bring that up because I remember you. My fiance's 30. So I guess yeah. that works out for one of us. I, I think it's also for the longest time. And again, this is just with how culture and even like physiology and stuff has changed. Like women could, were really, could only really have kids up until their early thirties. But now you see women who are in their forties having perfectly healthy babies. And that was not really as much of a thing back then, like older medicine really couldn't support that. But now it's like, because you can, not a lot of women, but I would say some women can literally have children at like 45 that like completely um, extends that like marriage timeline. So you speak, Oh my gosh, I have to get married so that I can have kids at 30 before my first like egg drop or whatever. And it's like now because of modern medicine and stuff, or even just like, like for me, I know I want to have kids, but also adopt. So it's like, if I miss my 
you know, baby having period, it's fine because I still want to adopt anyways. You want to have an existential crisis? I do. Do you? (laughs) So, so here's something that will keep you up at night. I feel like I have to share it because it's the only way I can prepare people for it. I'm scared. I've actually wondered about like, you know, if we, if we wait a few years to have children, if let's say, because I don't want to have kids my first year, I want to have kids my second year. It's like, we've been living separately dating for seven years through all this stuff. It's like, let's enjoy, like, this is the most amount of time we're really going to have together. Like, let's enjoy it. Let's go do some stuff. And I started thinking, it's like, okay, if let's say I have a kid by 30 and she'll be 33 at that point, realistically, by the time that kid is a teenager, I'll be closer to 50 than he will be to 20. And then by the time he's around 30 and really making strides in his life, I'll be 60. And then by the time he's likely to have grandchildren or anything, I'll be probably in my 70s. And this is assuming I don't get like hit by a meteor or something. And as I really started thinking about that, I'm like, oh my God, every year I don't have children is a year less I will have with them. It's a year less of their lives I will watch. Mm. And as I started thinking about that, I'm like, holy shit. Now, does that make me want to have a conversation conversation with my fiance and be like, okay, we have to have kids immediately. I'm not at that point, but that's one of those things that has, that I never, I never thought of it that way. And like my father, my father was about 22, 23 when he had me. I have a very young dad. When people put my, my father next to me, they think that we're brothers. It's, it's pretty crazy. Um, and he still looks pretty, pretty young too. Like he's, he's 53. Uh, he's, he's like 52, but he looks like a man in his mid forties. Like, you know, like it, I, I am very happy because I remember going like parent teacher conferences in the Northern Virginia area, like when my parents would go and my parents would be like, we were the youngest people in that room by like 20 years. And these are people like in their mid fifties, early sixties who have teenagers and it's like, I, they, my dad, my dad one time was like, I can't imagine being an old father, not capable of doing things with my son. And as I've gotten to this point where now I'm really starting to think about it, it's like, oh my God, like, do I want to be the old dad? Like, what is it to have? And I talk about it on the show all the time. It's a finance show. It's about, it's a personal empowerment show about how to live a freer life and everything. It's like, I, I my goal is like, I want to be financially independent and basically semi-retired by the time I'm in my late forties. Because my thing is like, if I want to have a child, I want to dedicate my entire life to that child. I want to just put them in school for 12 years and then say bye to them and hope that they don't become communists or something. It's like, (laughs) I want to, I would rather, I would would rather have more memories than simply be on the earth longer. Mm. And that's one of those things I've I've spoken to my fiance about. It's like, would we rather have more genuine memories or would we just have more time? Mm. And I still don't think there's an answer to that. Because then you get to the point where it's like you get older and you're looking at it and it's like, damn, like, I just wish I had more time. I would like to find this middle ground where it's like, you know what? The time I had was not long, but it was well spent. Mm. But it's a, it's a weird thing. I, I started thinking about this way probably like a month ago. And now it just kind of sticks with me. And every day we get closer to the wedding. I'm thinking about that. And there are things I never anticipated. And it's, um, you know, it's not, it, 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 it's only, it's only scary 
because I'm seeing things a very completely different way. And I think that's just part of growing up that comes with it. Yeah, yeah. I was actually thinking about that kind of the other day. I was like talking about my retirement plan with my dad. And I was like, so my dad's like almost 60. He's like going to turn 59 this year, I think. And I was like, realistically, I'm going to have to work like another 40 years before I retire. I'm like, he's my dad's probably going to be dead by the time I retire. I'm like, that's kind of sad that he'll never see me not working. But at the same time, we were talking about this, I think, in church or something today about how if you ask most people what their, like, what is your great, great grandmother's name? They don't even know it. So it's like, which might sound morbid, but it's like, you really only have a short time on this earth and the impact you have, they're not going to maybe like, maybe they don't know your name in like a couple generations, but if you instill certain values in your kids, like that's, what's going to live on. And ultimately like, like obviously you should enjoy life, but like, because your life is shorter, it's like your life should be more directed towards like raising your kids in a way that they can like pass that down. Because even those good memories stop after, you know, your good memories with your kids go once your kids pass, but like the values you instill in them are going to continue to, um, you know, last. Wow. Yeah, that got really deep. That's really deep. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to echo off like Renzo's point of like when it comes to, because I feel like I've had just a similar thought when it comes to the whole like raising kids thing and like your age, but it's sort of like opposite. So like my parents are like a lot older. Like my mom didn't have me till she was 42. So my mom, like it's kind of dawned on me. I mean, she looks super young, but it's like within the next like five to 10 years, my mom will be in her 70s. And I'm like, that's just like crazy to me because, you know, she doesn't look it, she doesn't act it, but it's like 70 just seems like, that seems like old to me, you know what I mean? Um, And so I've thought about that in terms of like, you know, I don't feel like I'm ready to like get married right now or like today, obviously, you know, but, you know, if I want to have kids and I want her to like, I don't know, because I feel like for a while I was like, oh, well, my parents are old, like they're not going to have like, chances are like, they're not really going to get to know my kids very well, which is like sad. But it's also like if I have them sort of like if I were to have like a few kids by 30, at least she could kind of help raise them for a little bit, most likely, you know, or at least for like, you know, maybe a good part of their adolescence. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just it's feel like it's one of those kind of like I don't want to waste my time just on like guys that don't care or like whatever, you know, as as a guy, I spent so many years just very narrowly focused on myself and I'm not saying that in like an excessive way, like, oh, I don't give a shit about anyone else. I'm just focusing on me. It, it, it's a really weird thing when it's like you only think about how does this affect me? How do I deal with this? What do I want to do? Then you bring in somebody else, you, you know, you bring in a wife, you bring in a husband, you, you start putting somebody else to that. And then once you really accept the fact that now you are inheriting all the great things and all the terrible things about another person and you accept them despite all the bad things, mm-hmm. then you start thinking, oh, well, now my life really isn't just about me. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I thought I would be really thinking a lot about just the two of us, which I have, but now it, it changes my relationship with everyone around me because now it means, oh, now I have to split the holidays with my family. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I don't get to just say we're going to only spend it with my family now. Now it's like, you know, I, it, 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 like things like that, like that doesn't seem very extreme. But when I was like, oh, I, I'm going to have to pick Christmas or Thanksgiving. It's like part of me is like, well, why can't I just have both? And it's like, that's not how it works anymore. And it's, it's not that you're just like, oh, like all happiness dies, but it's like, you know, this is, this is the, the, this is the compromise for that. And then once you kind of figure out your relationship with, you know, your, your, your spouse on that, then that really does. I mean, like, I've been thinking more about my parents. It's like, what's my relationship with my parents going to be like, will it be better? Will it be worse? I don't know. I hope it's better, but like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, why am I having these thoughts? I feel like I'm in a good place now. And I feel like this little talk therapy between the three of us is really I just literally just think I was like, like marriage counseling kind yeah. of like I think in its own regard. Yeah, I feel like it and like kind of to go off what you said, Ram. So I think it's honestly just like looking at marriage as like it just is a new chapter. It's not like, oh, we finally made it, we crossed the finish line, like we're married now. Like a lot of people think that, and it's like mm-hmm. It has like it's like it's really just the first chapter. Yeah, it's the first chapter. It's like you have all these cool things to look forward to, and then you do have like those hard discussions or those like confusing things. But it's still so exciting that it's new and that you know you have someone to do it with. Like I think that's kind of the like the beautiful part of marriage is that there's so much like mess in it, but you have someone who you love to like work through that mess with you. It's funny when you were saying that about like the holidays and whatnot, it made me, this probably isn't that encouraging. So I'm hesitant to say, cause I feel like Rachel just provided some nice inspiration, but it reminded, me, it, down a notch, aren't you? it reminded me of this saying that was like, marriage is never getting to do what you want anymore. or something. <laughs> but I feel like the thing is though, is if you're with the right person who like is, you know, in, equal to you in the sense of like, you're both bringing, your best to the table. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to get to do everything they want either. You know what I mean? Like it's sacrifice. Like ideally you're yeah. both sacrificing for each other and like, you know, there's compromise there. It's not just like a one way show, you know? Yeah. No, you're, you're completely right. Well, ladies, we've gone well over time. I appreciate <laughs> you both just hearing me have my existential crisis for the past hour. I appreciate you both as always. If people want to go ahead, follow you, harass you, all that stuff as usual online, how can they do so? Um, well, we are on Maybe Instagram. not harassing. I don't know why I threw that out there. Okay. Yeah, please don't bully us. Um, yeah, I feel like as a whole, honestly, our podcast has kind of been on a break just because Rachel's been super busy with grad school and I was moving. And oh, so- at first I was like, are you just going to bully me? You know Ryan is in grad school. You know Ryan's in grad school. Oh, okay, Ryan, yeah. Rachel, RR, I like it, you know? <laughs> Thank God. Um, I, we were kind of, because I, I was moving and stuff too, and I truly have just been learning how to function as an adult. You know, she's learning like grad school classes, and I'm like, how do I like... How are we going to make this relationship you know? work? <laughs> <laughs> um, but hopefully we'll get a little more active over the summer as things kind of chill out. But we are on Instagram at Peachy Patriots and Spotify um apple Podcasts, whatever the other ones are wherever you have podcasts we're most likely there again at peachy patriots we've got a nice little cover photo of us and peachy branding so you can't miss it but yeah thank you so much for having us remzo and have fun at your wedding that's so exciting 
Thank you both so much. Yes, best of luck in the marriage world. Let us know how it is because, you know. We're going to St. Augustine, Florida for the honeymoon. That's the part where I'm really excited. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining the program. Folks, I hope you found some some insight and a little bit of entertainment in this episode. If you enjoy conversations like this and more, please do me a quick favor. Go across Al Gore's amazing internet to your favorite podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. You know where you're listening to it. And if you haven't already, take five seconds and leave a five-star rating and review. It costs you nothing, but it means everything to me. And I'll be back next week, as usual. I'm Mr. W. Martinez. Be safe, be good. Good night.